touchdown. Of course, the crowd wants Reed to go for it. Wouldn't be surprised if he did on fourth down and one. So, anyways, with that time, George. Welcome to fourth and one. I'm Todd Palmer, joined by Nick Jacobs. And I got to be honest, man, um, I know they gave up a couple touchdowns late, but uh, as far as season openers go, the, the Chiefs' performance on Sunday at Arizona was uh, majestic. It was about as perfect uh, as a team can play, I thought, um, through the first three quarters, which, you know, I mean, that's they, they were up 37 to seven at one point. Um, I mean, I. It, <laughs> It's hard to describe Mahomes in in ways that don't sound like you're a complete homer, but I mean the dude went thirty to thirty nine for three hundred sixty yards and five touchdowns. I mean he's doing things that have never been seen in the NFL before. I mean he's thrown for more than three hundred yards in half of his sixty four career starts. Um, he's tied for fourth with the with six five touchdown games or more uh, already. Everybody else tied with him or above him on that list played at least 242 games in the league. He's 64 games in. I mean, I, I got to imagine you were thrilled with what you saw Sunday from, from the chiefs. I'm sorry. You said a whole bunch of numbers there, Todd, and my uh, system's already <laughs> rebooting, but thank you for, uh, <laughs> thank you for throwing a whole bunch of numbers out there. Um, look, I mean, to have that many new pieces, especially in the passing game, and even some pieces in the running game with Pacheco. I mean, for, for the Chiefs to go out and be able to be that effective uh, in their first game and, the, like you said, be that efficient, I mean, to where they went six for six in the red zone, I mean, the the third down rate that they had was really impressive. I was looking at that a couple minutes ago because they were five for eight, 63%, and some of those were late in the game when Chad <laughs> was uh, was out there, so I'm not counting those. But to have, but to have 66 offensive plays – and have 33 first downs yeah. off that like yeah. that, that like that's insane for an offense to be that productive at that level that quickly like that those are just a whole bunch of numbers that you look at and those are teams that are at the end of the year being that effective they're going to the playoffs to start that way that shows just how much in all honesty the training sessions helped in the offseason that Mahomes and the receivers put together because a lot of those guys out there, whether it was Valdez, uh, Valdez Scantling or if it was um, Sky Moore or Juju Smith-Schuster, I mean, they look like they've been in the offense for years. And, like, that's a great thing to have this early. Now, there is one wide receiver that has been in the offense and looked like it was his first year. <laughs> but that's kind of par for the course. But, I mean, and another thing, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire had a really good game early on there, and, and like, he – you know, he looked like the running back that people were hoping he would be coming out of uh, college as a first-round draft pick. So, I mean, there's a lot you can take away from that, but part of my concern would be defensively, or been defensively, but when the Chiefs, you know, some of the blitzes, the offensive line went against, against the Cardinals, Cardinals wanted to knock Mahomes out of the game pretty quickly. Like they were trying to send a message and try to rattle him, and they were trying to get him uh, out of sync there pretty quickly, and they were they were trying to hit him pretty hard. And, you know, the Chiefs offensive line had some hiccups along the way with pressure. Yeah, and look, Mahomes did hurt his wrist. And uh, he said after the game that that x-rays, uh, after getting it x-rayed, it looked good. Now, it was his non-throwing wrist. Um, I have one question for you. What was your first thought when you saw that happen? Um, don't break, like, that That he should not ever ride um one of those, uh, you know, little, little scooters, um, because he's going to end up getting a spiral fracture. 
Oh, you didn't? Uh, don't you remember? I ever sent. I remember you that. falling on the. I remember you falling in your garage. Um, and you know. and you remember how much I talked about that on the podcast that I didn't want to see Mahomes ever try to catch his fall the way that I did because it it ends badly and I didn't realize that until I experienced the pain firsthand. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, uh, like I remember when my wife bought um, uh, a hoverboard for my son for for uh, Christmas one year. I asked her. Uh, and I think some of this got picked up on a, on a stream one day when I was uh, talking about it with Nate uh, Taylor and Matt Derrick, but I asked her if she was going to buy him wrist guards. Cause there were all these videos going around about kids falling off and like breaking their wrist. And, uh, and she said, no. And I was like, I was like, great, honey, why don't you just buy him a spiral fracture for Christmas? So, I mean, that's kind of what I thought. Um, but look, he gutted his way through it. Um, he wasn't using it to hand off like he was supposed to. So I think it, it had changed the offense around, but looks like the chiefs dodged a bullet there. I am a little bit concerned. If there's one thing I'm concerned about coming out of this game, it's Trey Smith got hurt. Trent McDuffie got hurt. Harrison Butker has the sprained ankle. Although he came back in, hit a 54 yarder and handled extra points in the second half. Um, and then Justin Watson got hurt late in the game and they've only got four days to get ready uh, for the chargers coming to town for the home opener on Thursday. Um, a game you can see on KSHB 41 here in Kansas city, by the way, um, the short week and those injuries stacking up is a little bit worrisome. I also think though, I mean, it's harder for the chargers to have to come halfway across the country on, on short notice. Um, but, but man, I, like, I just want to focus on that offense was clicking at, at a level that, that I didn't expect. You know, here's the other thing though. Chris Jones was mad when they, when they gave up that touchdown to make it 37, 15. Um, and you know, that's one where it's easy. I mean, it's in garbage time, you know, the game's out of reach. It, it'd be easy to just, if you're a defensive player say, ah, you know, we played well all game, uh, you know, don't need to worry about this one. The off, you know, we've already done enough to win it. Um, but Jones was mad. And I thought what he said in the post game, um, was just a great sign for this team because the offense, you know, I think we knew the offense was going to have a chip on its shoulder. Chris Jones talked about needing to set a tone and that they're trying to like set. This is the culture. We don't, I don't care. We don't give up these touchdowns. Here's the other thing though, that I was thinking, Nick, you know, that the chiefs watched the Thursday night game. You know, that they saw what the Buffalo bills did to the St. Uh, to the St. Louis Rams, to the Los Angeles Rams in the opener on Thursday night, the offense had already put up more than 31. You're not going to convince me that the defense wasn't looking at it and saying, we want to hold them to less than 10. We want this game to be more decisive than the 31 10 win that the bills had. I think that was part of it. And I love it. I'm here for it. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, as much as they'll deny it, if you ever ask them, cause they have to, it's, it's in their contract and they got to pretend that they don't pay attention to media or listen to media or hear media. Um, they do. They do more than people realize. And that's why when people always want to say, Hey, Nick, uh, let me send you a quote tweet where you can throw a player under the bus. You'll have to interview, you know, like, like, I mean, you know, well, I mean, uh, Mark Bowrick, you know, obviously McCall Hartman Jr. was seeing what Mark Bowrick had to say on Twitter today. Well, moving past that <laughs> and we're, and we're moving on, we're moving on. Um, no, it, I mean, it, it's just like they, they all pay attention and they all, you know, they're all raising the bar and that's what competition is. 
And I mean, you set up perfectly to where like, yeah, no, I mean, did I, when I were on watching that game, I'm like, all right, how high are they trying to go? So that like, you know, so people aren't just gushing about Buffalo. And I was like, are they going to try to hit 50 today whenever they get there? And I was like, no, I was like, Mahomes hand, they're not going to, they're not going to push it more than they have to. Cause I remember one of our coworkers asked me, um, he's TV's Mick Schaefer, um, for people that don't know, don't know the sports director at KSHP. I know he asked me. You're with him. Emmy winner, Emmy winner, Rick Schaefer. He's won a lot of them. (laughs) Won a lot of them. Yeah, and there's some Emmy nominations coming up that he might he might win a couple as well. He's he's already he's already nominated for a few more. Yeah, yeah, I'm aware. Yes, yes. So we'll uh, we'll see how that shakes out. I mean, I'm I'm mentally preparing for the Emmys to uh, be a letdown for me personally, but we'll see how that works out. They Um, already worked for me. I didn't get nominated again. Well, I'm sorry, Todd. I mean, whenever (laughs) they have. uh, Best podcast host for uh Chiefs fourth and one podcast. You'll uh you know you'll you'll win I'll, that one in the landslide. I'll still come in second. <laughs> oh wow, okay. Well, glass half empty Todd is uh bringing 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 the CS on a on a Sunday night. Um but now I mean look yeah, the, the they know what the Bills did. The Bills are paying attention to what the Chiefs did. The next statement that the Chiefs have to make is a Chargers game on Thursday night. The whole yeah. the whole league is going to be watching that one, and they're going to want to see where each team's at and what each team's doing and how efficient, how effective they are. So, I mean, any of the Chiefs that can get healthy, you know, because whenever you talk, like you talked about the injuries there, I, I mean, that's going to be tough for Trent McDuffie to get back with a with a hamstring pull in four days. I mean. Uh, it may that. be tough with a sprained ankle for, I mean, I think Butker will give it a go, but it may be tough yeah. for Trey Smith. Right, and I think it's going to be tough for Trey Smith and the Justin Justin Watson injury. I'm I'm very concerned about that one, especially hearing that that was a chest and knocked him out of the game. There, there's some suspicions I have. I'm not going to put out that negative energy in the universe right now, but whenever you hear that, it made me flash to T.J. Watts' injury earlier in the day. Yeah, and maybe. Yeah. Uh oh, torn, torn pack. He may be done for the season, which would be a gutting blow for Pittsburgh. See, I got Todd to put out in the universe and not me. So you can't blame me as a jinx. Even though people tried to all week because I put out what the Chiefs are doing in their uh, in their opening week with Andy Reid, and people told me it was a jinx setting everything up. So yeah, I, look, Todd carried that carried that one for me. You're welcome. The Chiefs have now won eight in a row. I think it's tied for like the sixth longest streak in the Super Bowl era um, for season opening wins. Um, the 44 points were the third most they've ever scored in any opener. Um, you know, I mean, look, I, I just, it, it, it was hard for me. Like <laughs> if I'm going to nitpick some things, um, uh, Clyde, look, I, I thought Clyde Edwards, nits, Todd. I, I, thought, nits. I, I thought Clyde Edwards Hilaire looked good. I, I liked seeing, uh, Isaiah Pacheco close out the game. Now, whether that is, was always the plan to use him as kind of the, the hammer in the second half, whether they just stumbled into it. Um, I like the idea of a bigger back with some speed who was a handful, just using him to come downhill on fresh legs after you've used up uh, Clyde Edwards Hilaire and Jarek McKinnon or earlier in the game as part of your normal offense. And then late in the game, you turn to a fresh guy like a Pacheco or Ronald Jones and just bludgeon, uh, your way at a team. I mean, I think that that, like I said, whether that was the game plan all along or that's just the way it worked out because of the, the game situation today, I think that's something the chiefs certainly can learn from. 
And I think Andy Reid will take notice of uh, when he watches the game film. Um, um, I, I, you know, Travis Kelsey uh, remains arguably the greatest tight end in NFL history. Uh, one of three players with 30, uh, thir- three tight ends in history with, uh, with uh, 30 100 yard games in his career. Only Rob Gronkowski and Tony Gonzalez um, have matched that. Defensively, though, I look, an issue last year was the pass rush. Um, what did you think of the pass rush tonight? I mean, they had a couple sacks, um, but they uh, missed a couple opportunities. And that's another thing Chris Jones talked about with those late touchdowns they gave up. That's when, you know, the, you know, the other team's throwing it, you know, they're trying to come back. You're only going to rush for, you know, you're going to play some zone coverage and, and it's, you know, you're going to make it hard to find spaces. That's when the defensive line needs to get home. They couldn't do it. Does that concern you? Not against, not against uh, Kyler Murray. I think a big part of their strategy coming into the week is they wanted to keep him in the pocket and corral him in. And when they did take their shots, they wanted it to be corner blitzes off the edge with athletic guys that could match his ability to change direction rapidly and dynamically. So I think that was a big part of what Steve Spagnuolo and the defensive line were working on during the week. Because there's some there's some rushes that Carl Loftus had today that he would have done differently if it was a less mo- you know less mobile quarterback. I think they knew Kyler wasn't going to hurt them if they kept him in the pocket and if they didn't let him get outside the pocket. So I think that was their number one goal, just like they were with Russell Wilson in the past and a handful of other mobile quarterbacks. Is like, hey, we'll take. We'll take some of the we'll take some of the throws that, as long as we keep him in the pocket and sacrifice, you know, and being and being able to not have the pass rush that they ideally want. So Herbert's going to be a different ball game. I think they'll try to try a different rushing style with him, and then I think they'll try a different rushing style with Matt Ryan, and I think they'll take an even different rushing style with Tom Brady. So I, you know, I think this was kind of when they're facing mobile quarterbacks like Jalen Hurts they did last year, I think this is kind of more the strategy they take with those mobile quarterbacks, especially guys who are more effective outside the pocket than in the pocket. Yeah, I, I, you know, I, I agree. Uh, I still, um, you know, this is the show me state, right? Uh, I, I'm going to have to see that they can actually get after a Herbert or a Matt Ryan or a Tom Brady uh, before I'm going to, you know, be all in that, 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 They've solved that issue, um, you know, but we'll, we'll, we'll see on Thursday. I mean, I, I like some of the things I saw from Karloftis. It was good to see Carlos Dunlap get in there. I mean, didn't get to see him much in the preseason, but he's got sack number 97. You know, he's highly motivated to add three more as the season goes along. Um, what do you think of this, the, the young secondary? I mean, I thought like when McDuffie went out, I was a little surprised um, that they, moved Fenton over and it was Jalen Watson, not Joshua Williams or, or, you know, that was getting most of the run there at left corner. But, um, you know, I mean, he gave up the touchdown to, to, uh, Hollywood Brown there late, but he also had some, some moments where he, he was competitive. He fought, um, you know, I thought the young secondary held up pretty well, all things considered. Yeah. I mean, for being, having as many rookies and many youthful guys that weren't in the scheme for years on end, I mean, they they performed very well, and I think that was part of the strategy with the pass rush is they wanted to keep it, keep them in, keep Murray in, so they could for for the defense coverage wise to keep things as simple as possible and help help them in some spots. Whenever we see the coaches film and start breaking that down, I think there's going to be some spots where 
they kept safeties in certain areas to kind of really help the coverage and to help the young cornerbacks. Um, in terms of the Watson part versus uh, Williams, I think Watson's insanely athletic, and that's the reason that they drafted him. And I think he's really come on strong and developed and taken to Dave Merritt's coaching. Um, Joshua Williams, on the other hand, I think he's kind of more of a guy who I think he's got a longer road ahead of him to be comfortable in that scheme. But, I mean, he's got the athletic ability and the size. But I think for him, it's going to be more more of a journey to get to where people are kind of assumed he would be by how he's performing in training camp. I think he's better with familiarity over time. And I think going against his teammates on a regular basis at camp kind of helps showcase what he is once he gets comfortable and familiar versus when he's facing new receivers every week. I just I think it's going to take more time than people expect um, for Williams to kind of become the corner that he that I think he will be or has the ceiling to be long term. But I I mean, all three corners look look promising when they were out there today and during various points of preseason. And I mean, you know, it's just it's not a position of weakness right now. Like, I mean, we'll see as the weeks, as the weeks pass, but I mean, like the the biggest thing is that with week one and week two, the thing that that it shows is who are the good coaches and who are the, and and, and then you watch at halftime today, who were the teams that adjusted and battled through things. And you could see in that Bengals Steelers game, they had good coaches on both sides of the ball. That's why that game was as great as it was and as close as it was. And having familiarity with the rivalry really made that game kind of turn into what it became in, in terms of one of the better week one games. So, I mean, that's you just kind of saw which teams have good coaching, which teams make the adjustments versus what teams, you know, when it's a lopsided score like it was, you kind of saw for especially how much superior the Chiefs coaching was to – Arizona's on top of their depleted roster as well. Yeah, that's the other caveat I'd throw in there. Um, look, it's 154 days uh, to Super Bowl uh, 57, which will be back at State Farm Stadium there in Glendale, Arizona. But yeah, JJ Watt wasn't in there. Rondell Moore wasn't in there. DeAndre Hopkins wasn't in there. They were missing their start. You know, one of their starting guards um, and Justin Pugh. Uh, that was definitely a depleted Arizona team, um, you know, but it's also a team that in years past, Cliff Kingsbury has done a good job getting those guys after off to a hot start. They started seven and oh last year. Um, you know, they got off to a hot start um, early, you know, his other years as well. So um, I, I do. I agree, though. I think that the offensive performance, especially shows the work that Patrick Mahomes put in when he assembled everybody like the Avengers down in Texas. Uh, but it also highlights the fact that uh, Andy Reid's a Hall of Fame coach and one of the best to ever do it. Uh, and you give him an offseason to prepare. And um, nine out of ten times as the Chiefs coach, he has shown that he is going to uh, destroy you. Yeah, and speaking of Andy Reid, there was some there were some really cool wrinkles he put in that offense. And I also, I also got to recognize... Uh, Matt Nagy, who I think played a played a role in some of those wrinkles as well. Um, I'm not saying you know that you know it's all one person or the other, but I think I think when Andy Reid and Matt Nagy are together, they come up with some very creative uh, scheme wise stuff. And there was some or some smart concepts that they blended together, like I talked about with one of the touchdowns, uh, Clyde Edwards Hilaire's walk in touchdown. They, they simulate a different they simulate different levels. And even behind the line of scrimmage is is a level and is in, in the concept of what they ran to where you've just got all this congestion over the middle. So whoever's covering Clyde 
isn't going to be able to make the play or be able to cover him, especially if they're in man coverage. And then you have, uh, I believe it is McColl running a crosser over the middle, Kelsey running a crosser behind yeah. it. And then you've got sit down routes or with uh, deeper sit down routes with uh, MVS and with Juju. And that's what, that's why that was such a wide open play is because it's just a lot of teams don't run. They don't take it to that level. Like the chiefs did scheme wise today, just like the shovel pass. They threw in the wrinkle to it, to where they made it look like the off tackle fullback trap that they run, except it was McCool Hardman and, you know, Clyde over to Lair there. And then they, they were creative off that. And then they played off that to McCool Hardman on a, on a couple of jet sweeps and a flats pass. So, I mean, they just, they had wrinkles upon wrinkles that teams are going to have to pay attention and take notice of. So I, I was just really impressed with kind of some of the things they put on tape there that teams are going to have to account for. And I don't think they're done. I think there's still a lot of stuff over the next seven weeks that they're going to showcase. And I think there's even more that we won't see till hopefully playoffs knock on wood. Oh, I think you're going to see some more of it on Thursday. Cause I think they save some stuff and I think they put some stuff on tape that they want to put in the chargers heads and then they'll counter off of it already as soon as week one. But I agree. I, I love, it's almost like they they're running a counter passing game, right? Like, you know, like the counter used to be a, 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 like a revolutionary type of play where you would like fake one way and then come back the other, you know, with these counter runs and you're, and you're blocking to create lanes. It's almost like they brought that concept into the passing game you know, by the way they lined up Edward Slayer on the left side. And then, like you said, created all that traffic and had him slip out to the right. They did something kind of similar on the Hardman touchdown where, again, they had him coming across the formation and then just create a lot of congestion to make it hard. You know, and uh, you know they're trying to use that speed to the edges. And then, I, I like you said, I think that that's going to evolve. I think that's the thing I enjoy about watching Andy Reid as he goes through the season. You can tell that he started baking this stuff in and he and he tries to make it work and he and he he'll keep running it till you prove that you you can stop it. And then if he figures out somebody does, there's an evolution to it that that takes it to the next level. Um, and 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 you're right. I mean, some of that stuff that he did, and you know, when we saw it in the Super Bowl win in Super Bowl 54, the you know, uh Rose Bowl parade ride or or, or those kind of things. I mean, he's always got that kind of stuff going. So um Anyway, um, are, like, do you think that the Chiefs did serve the notice they needed to that it that they're right there with the Bills or ahead of the Bills? I mean, where, you know, where do you what kind of message do you think the Chiefs sent with this victory? Unfortunately, for for us, they sent an encouraging one to the fan base and media. Um, but I but I think for the rest of the league, they're going to wait and see and see what they do to the Chargers. Now, if they do something like that to the Chargers then people are going to really take notice because they're the preseason darlings. But until the Chiefs do that, type have that type of performance against the Chargers, maybe the Bucks after what they did with the Cowboys tonight or the Bills, then I, then, then I think that's where everybody's going to start to account for them. But unfortunately, they're just going to take it one week at a time. Chargers is kind of next to what they'll have to do on that one. Yeah. And so, uh, look, man. Uh, we got a short week before we got to come back uh, ourselves and do another podcast uh, about about that Chargers game. How are you ever going to be able to get game your your game film watching in, or have you already started it for the Chargers? Uh, I'll start after we get done with this tonight. I want to see what they did against the Raiders, so that'll happen. We got to put together a pregame show, so it's going to be a short, busy week. And today was a long 13, 14 hour day of working, so 
uh, wrapping it up now with this podcast. All right. Well, hey, I got nothing else, um, you know, other than, hey, Chiefs are 1-0. Enjoy your victory Monday and take care, kids.